Welcome to Behind the Bookshelves. This is episode 6. My name is Richard Davis and this Abe Books podcast series is dedicated to telling the stories behind books and the people who love them. Today we're talking about the pain and the glory of dog books. Around a year ago my family adopted a dog from a rescue shelter. We were hoping to find a small to medium sized dog with short hair that didn't need a lot of exercise. We got a medium to big dog that constantly sheds bales of black floofy hair and needs long walks each day. It's the best thing we've ever done. Since getting that dog, I've noticed that there are dog books everywhere. I don't mean Caesar Milan or Barbara Woodhouse training manuals. I mean novels and memoirs and the ilk. Warning. The non-fiction selection can be particularly traumatic. Here's a couple of modern examples. Sophie, the incredible true story of the castaway dog by Emma Peirce. Sophie, an Australian cattle dog, falls overboard on a holiday boating trip and ends up in shark-infested waters of the Great Barrier Reef. And then there's Oogie, the dog only a family could love by Larry Levin. Oogie is a dog with a mutilated face and is missing an ear because he was used for bait for training fighting dogs. I can't really read these types of books, I just can't stand the suffering. And then there are memoirs from people who have loved their dog so much that they felt compelled to write about how the animal changed their life. Dean Kuntz wrote one, A Big Little Life, a memoir of a joyful dog named Trixie. Marley and Me is the big one in this sub-genre of canine lit, and that book's very, very lightweight. Our dog has changed our family for the better, but I'm not sure if there's a book deal in there for me, as I'd mainly be writing about how I sweep up huge swaths of fur each evening and try and stop the dog from sitting on the sofa. For me, dog books become interesting when fiction is the medium. The Art of Racing in the Rain by Garth Steen is a novel told from a dog's point of view. Enzo is a dog who thinks he's going to be a human in his next life, and he is observing the humanity around him. Of course, this isn't a novel about dogs, but it's a story about humans. Oh, clever, I like it, but it's not actually an original concept. Rudyard Kipling was writing dog stories from the animal's point of view more than 80 years ago. Thy Servant a Dog, published in 1930, details the adventures of a couple of black Aberdeen Terriers. Watership Down author Richard Adams wrote The Plague Dogs in 1977, and it's about two dogs that escape from an animal experimentation facility in North England and go on the run. Holy cow, that novel made me think about how animals suffer for us in the name of science. And then there's Call of the Wild by Jack London. It's an old-school adventure novel about a domesticated dog stolen and turned into a sled dog in Alaska. I believe this is still a great book that stands the test of time because it's about two things. The incredibly tough life that fortune seekers endured in the 1890s gold rush and it's a reminder that dogs are just one step away from the wild. Jack London's White Fang about a dog-wolf hybrid is a similar tale, and if you read Call of the Wild, you have to read White Fang too. I'm not sure if children read these Jack London books anymore, but I loved them. 
I haven't read The Incredible Journey by Sheila Burnford, but I have listened to the audiobook during an epic road trip from British Columbia to California. It's a novel about a Labrador retriever, a bull terrier and a Siamese cat that try and find their way home through the Canadian wilderness. The ending... I can't spoil it, but the ending will bring tears to the eye of anyone with a pulse. I almost had to pull off the highway as that audiobook ended. There are scary dog stories, such as Stephen King's Cujo. There are mysteries, such as The Hound of the Baskervilles and Agatha Christie's Dumb Witness. And let's not forget the rabid dog scene in To Kill a Mockingbird. What a great plot device that poor staggering dog is. The most famous dog travel book is Travels with Charlie by John Steinbeck, where the author tours America in the company of his poodle. There's even dog-related science fiction. Sirius was published in 1944 by Olaf Stapledon, and the title character is a dog named Sirius with human-like intelligence. The plot revolves around how the intelligent dog is treated or mistreated, and it's a novel that really makes you think. One of the most important dog books is Beautiful Joe by Canadian author Marshall Saunders. Published in 1893, this novel is comparable to Black Beauty in the way it raised awareness about how dogs can be horribly abused. Beautiful Joe was the first book to sell more than one million copies in Canada, and that was before 1900. Like Black Beauty, which everyone should read by the way, Beautiful Joe is told from a dog's point of view. In children's books, there's Clifford, Spot, Martha, the 101 Dalmatians, and I won't list them all, but I'm sure you'll remember Pongo, Old Yeller, Lassie, the Pokey Little Puppy, Snowy from Tintin, Dogmatics from Asterix, Prince Terrian from Bridge to Terabithia, the wonderful Toc, the watchdog in the Phantom Tollbooth, who of course ticks, Toto from You Know What Book, Nana from Peter Pan, Fang from Harry Potter, Nasha from Dennis the Menace, Timmy from Famous Five, and Scamper from The Secret Seven. I could go on and on and on. The world's greatest expert on dog books was apparently a Welshman called Clifford Hubbard. Known as Doggy to everyone, Clifford was a bookseller who collected more than 25,000 books on dogs over 60 years, and many of them are now housed in the National Library of Wales in Aberystwyth. He owned a copy of De Cannabis Britannicus, the first dog book ever published way back in 1570. Another important name in dog literature, perhaps the most important, is Albert Payson Terhoon, an author, dog breeder and journalist. He's best known for Lad, his 1919 novel about a collie. He wrote more than 30 other dog-related novels, and collectors can be obsessive about hunting down his first editions. So why are there so many dog books, and so many famous fictional dog characters in literature? Dogs mirror everyday life. They have been our loyal companions for more than 2,000 years. Dogs are often an important part of childhood. To some people, they encapsulate their entire childhood. I can remember every single dog that we owned when I was a kid. That's why they're so appealing to children's books authors. Dogs are versatile plot devices in fiction. They can be heroes or villains, smart or dumb, loyal or wild, caring or vicious. They can do things we can't explain. More importantly, they can help us understand ourselves. 
I have to go and walk the dog. Thanks for listening to Behind the Bookshelves. My name is Richard Davis from Abe Books. The next episode will be about, well, haven't really decided yet. We'll see. If you have suggestions for topics, we'd love to hear from you. Email me at podcast at abebooks.com. See you next time.